What's good, people? I just want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Trilogy. Trilogy is an independent employees benefit consultant firm. They specialize in custom benefit solutions for employers and do not believe that one size fits all. They are passionate about helping employers create benefit packages that attract and retain top talent in their field. They believe education is key to employers and employees understanding and getting the most out of their employee benefits. You must check out Trilogy if this is a service that you need. Now let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Guthrie America podcast. We sit down with amazing people who do life in our community and people who once did because we believe every story should be told. I'm your host, Hetty Coleman, and today I am sitting down with Amanda Day. Before we jump into this conversation with Amanda, would you please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review? It would mean the world uh, to us. Amanda, how are you doing? Doing great. Good, good, good. So um, let's just start by me asking you this. What's the one thing when you hear Guthrie America that comes to your mind? What like what's the immediate thing that comes to mind for you? Hetty Coleman. <laughs> you started it. I started. Okay, let's say Guthrie, <laughs> Oklahoma. What comes to mind? <laughs> uh, um, what what comes to mind first? Hometown. Yeah. It just uh, you know I was thinking about it on the way here. In fact, like how this kind of Guthrie movement that you started years ago. And now you've turned it into this, you know, this broadcast, thinking of all the amazing people that just we grew up with, Mm -hmm. like in our own tiny bubble of Guthrie, which has been here since the beginning of, yeah, 1889 or earlier Uh even. Yeah. So think about just our little bubble and the cool people that we still are even in contact with now. Um, I thought about it because our, as our world is changing so quickly, uh, we were so fortunate yeah. to grow up in this little place of safety and security yeah. and community yeah. that, uh, you know, I wish my kids had it a little bit, you know, they're not too far from here, but you know, it's a little more populated. Even here is different than whenever we were yeah. younger, but we were so fortunate to have such a cool community to grow up in, rich with history and uh, great people. And I don't know, it was just awesome. So Guthrie, Oklahoma is home uh-huh. still, you know, even yeah. though I don't live here, but I know I can always come back. Well, again, you're just right down the road and um, you're, you still have family yeah, here. Yeah, my dad's here. So you still have those reasons to come back. Yeah. What's one thing that coming back and forth over the years that you've seen change about about Guthrie? Well, it's developed a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, just with different kind of chain stores or restaurants even. We have a Starbucks now, which was unheard which is of. Crazy. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if we had a coffee shop other so than crazy. Daylight Donuts when we were kids. <laughs> um, so just the development uh, and the population mm-hmm. has changed quite a bit. Um, but otherwise, I mean, there's still pockets of the quaintness and the, I don't know, the the quietness that we had, you know, even just in the downtown area yeah. that I like, I like coming back to those memories. It's amazing to me. Like, I guess when I grew up here, I didn't realize how much people, and I don't know if they did at that time, but how much people admire our downtown and, mm-hmm. and, and 
And um, so it's always cool when I go downtown Guthrie to see people taking pictures or people coming down for their senior pictures or uh, people coming for their wedding Weddings, photos. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, when I grew up here, I never thought that mm-hmm. uh, anything about going downtown and taking pictures or anything like that. I had one time whenever I did Guthrie America stuff, stories and stuff like that, downtown, I would always take a picture of people in the middle of the street. I have yeah. one of you. Yeah. And it was so cool. Like, people caught on to that, and people really appreciate that. And a part of it was because of just the backdrop of, of downtown Guthrie. Um, when you were in Guthrie growing up, getting ready to graduate, did you did you have that mindset of, like, I'm getting out of Guthrie? Not necessarily. Um, you know, it's so interesting. As being so independent now, um, back then, I – didn't want to leave, to be honest. Oh, I had, really? Yeah, I don't know if you know this. I had uh, two scholarship options to go play tennis oh, out no, of I state. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, one was in San Antonio, uh-huh. uh, and one was in some little bitty place in Kansas. And, I mean, I could have had my school paid for and played a sport, and I didn't want to leave my parents and my, just my bubble, yeah. right? So I stayed, and... But I didn't stay in town long. Uh, a friend of mine from high school, Sabrina Murphy <laughs> Miller, uh, she and I got an apartment when we were young, like 18. Like, we're ready. And then we were... Here in Guthrie, or like... We were in Oklahoma City. In Oklahoma City. Yeah, Are you serious? Big city. Uh, but I was back home within the year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't last long. It didn't last long. And then from there, I stayed home for a while and then went over to OSU. So I was still close. Yeah. No, that's not far at all. And I think um, as being a parent now, I kind of expect that come back home kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's cool that uh, kids are – get to leave home, you know, there's a right in, in doing that. And so it's okay. But you get out there and you learn a little bit, you come back and then you go back and do it yeah. again. And sometimes that takes uh, more times than others for mm-hmm. some, but no, I think it's great that people it's get, the yeah, it is. It is. And, and the more you kind of do it, the more you learn like, okay, I know this time I'm gonna go back out yeah. and do that. Yeah. But one of the things about a small town is that people do have that thing, that thought of like, Hey, as soon as I graduate, I'm going to leave. But then there's people who stay around f- forever. Like, yeah. there's some people. I left and came back in 2007, but there's some people who've been here. The whole time. The whole time, yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't think they ever thought about leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, And so, and, and that's cool. Whenever you were in school here, like, what are some schools that stand out to you, and, and what was it about those schools? Like here in Guthrie? Yeah, any, yeah schools in Guthrie uh, grow, when you were growing up here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have memories of all of them. Yeah. And I didn't go to Banner, which was the kindergarten. So was it because you just didn't go to I kindergarten? I wasn't here yet. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I got here. My dad coached football and drum right. Okay. Uh, and so for that kindergarten, five-year-old year, uh, I was in drum right. Okay. And then moved here first grade. Gotcha. So Central was such a cool building. All of the buildings were so cool. Yeah. Um, the junior high, I have great memories of that. Uh, you know, it was such a massive building and so old. <laughs> I don't it think it was old then, and now it's still I don't think we even so had old. air conditioning in our classrooms whenever we were younger. Which is crazy to think about now. Like, can you imagine mm-hmm. not having AC right now? No. But I don't think they had. I don't think it had AC either. Uh, talking about the junior high, I had Eric Coleman on. Uh, 
here recently, and we talked about that transition from favorite to the junior high. Mm-hmm. Was that a scary tr- transition? Were you like scared to go from class to class? I was not ever that way, and I think it's because uh, since my dad was a teacher at the high school, mm-hmm. I had experience being in those halls as a kid. Oh, got you. And so being having to change classes and things like that in the junior high with the eighth graders, you know, uh, it wouldn't, it didn't really bother me. Okay. Yeah. I think I was a little nervous about changing classes and yeah. Eric, I think Eric was saying the same thing and I'm sure some others too. Um, what about junior high to high school? Like, did you have any pivotal moments in, in during that time of high school, junior high, uh, that, that you can remember, like maybe kind of help change direction in your life? You know, I've had, I had the privilege of having the same kind of peer group throughout from first grade on. Mm-hmm. High school, it all started to kind of shift. Hmm. Um, you know, that's when you got more choices to choose different classes. Um, you know, people are just growing up and changing, playing different sports, doing different activities, working jobs. So for me, high school was just a big transition all in general but personally like starting to play tennis Mm -hmm. I started at uh sophomore year and that changed pretty much everything I mean I became a competitive athlete which is sounds weird to even say that because I don't ever refer to myself as that but then just thinking about yeah I had offers to play you know college tennis and um being able to have a great coach and mentor like uh, Coach Crooks, he was just, he was like a hard shell on the outside, but he's really a softy. And uh, it was great to have the relationship with him in a capacity that was different than just being Coach Stake's daughter or just another kid at the school. I was, you know, one of his athletes. And yeah, so that was pretty great. Um, you know, it was, it was good. I did college too in high school. Okay, you did the con- the concurrent, concurrent, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that, and I had a job. So I like towards the senior year time, I wasn't there that much, you know. Where did you work at in high school? Uh, John Vance Motors. Oh, did you really? I what, did. What were you doing at I John Vance? <laughs> <laughs> Surely you weren't selling cars. No. <laughs> Um, I was a receptionist at the desk. Yeah. So back then there was only that one building. Now they're, you know, a massive, uh, conglomeration all over the state, I think, and even out of state. Uh, but I would work maybe a couple times after school when we weren't playing tennis or whatever. Um, and most Saturdays. Okay. And, uh, I remember that I could pick a car on the lot on Saturdays and drive into town and get lunch for the salesman. Oh. Like I'd go to the grocery store or whatever and pick up the sandwich things or something. But it was cool because I got to drive some of these really cool cars that um, some of them were used. I remember one of them was like this Cadillac convertible thing. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. It was pretty cool though. A Dodge, um, I don't know if it was a Viper. What was it called? Like a Dodge something. It was like, Oh, there was a Dodge Viper. I, don't I think, think it came I... out during that time, but that wasn't it. No, it was something like it was a sports car that was. I'm so not a car guy. But so. no, I'm not either. But yeah. it was fun to be there, and uh, you know, it was different times then. You know, back in the '90s. 
Now, to have the mindset, I don't, I did not have this mindset. You were doing concurrent, so you, you were already thinking about college mm-hmm. and you were working. Mm-hmm. What was that just out of uh, sure? These are things that I want to do. Did your parents drive you to do those things? Like, it was what all was me. It that made you want to do that? I started working at 14. Oh my goodness. At the IGA. Really? I did. Um, did you just love money? What was it? <laughs> like, what, what were you trying to get? I think about this a lot. So my parents were both teachers yeah. and we had three kids. Mm. And if you think about back in the eighties and nineties, teachers, well, they still don't make that much, but they gotcha. really didn't make much then. Yeah. Um, I never wanted to be a reason that my parents would have financial difficulty or argue about money or I didn't, I didn't really feel like I wanted to ask them when I wanted things. So I decided at 14, I was just going to go do it myself. And I think that's probably, I should have realized back then, like that's kind of where the entrepreneur thing kind of started. Like, okay, I'm not going to wait around for anybody to tell me what to do. I'm just going to go and start figuring things out. So yeah, I was a uh, checker and whatever general worker at IGA (laughs) for a long time maybe like a year or more. I worked at Pizza Hut for eight hours once. <laughs> what? <laughs> I could, what that's happened? all I could uh, do. Pizza Hut one when shift. it was on division. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Down one shift and you were like, I'm one out. One shift. It was not for me. Um, <laughs> I worked at the country club uh, with Brian Branch. He was the general manager, I think, at the club. Okay. And they had a uh, dining room. And uh-huh. a ki- full kitchen, a chef and everything. And then they had the pro shop. So I would work out there in the dining area, like helping prepare food and then ser- like being a server. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty fun. So you, IGA. IGA. Country Club. Country Club. Pizza Hut for eight kinda, hours. Yeah. John Vance. John Vance. All while in high school. Yeah. You had all these jobs while you Starting at 14. Now, when, were you like, okay, you quit Pizza Hut. He was like, that just yeah. was not for me. Did you, and so after Pizza Hut was John Vance? Or the country club. Country club, doing, probably. Were you doing two jobs? At- no, I. Okay. Uh, I was probably doing John Vance and Country Club together. Okay. Um, I can't really remember. And then I started working at Inner Urban in um, Edmond, over by the movie out, out theater. Out of high school or still in high school, I think. Over by Kicking Bird mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Just a hostess. It's still there. Yeah, it is. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I did two jobs at once. And school, but yeah, no, I was just so like driven. You were all in. Yeah, it sounds like you were all in, and you were playing tennis and playing tennis. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot and concurrent. Um, very mature of you to even have the thought of like, hey, I don't want my parents to have to. If and who's to say that they would have had to, but you just had the foresight to like know, like I don't want my parents to have to. Yeah, I know that I was working at John Vance when I was sixteen because I bought my car there myself. Okay. You bought your car yourself. Yeah. It was $5,000. Oh, my God. And you saved up for it? No. My parents helped me get a loan, I believe. Okay. Okay. Um, So, but it was my car. I paid for it. Um, And it was- Did you pay for your insurance, too? I don't think so. I don't remember that part. Now, we're about to leave Guthrie for a minute. You, you have children now. <laughs> I do have children. Right? And so we're just going to jump into this I wish real that quick. they would buy their own cars. I, well, that's what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> tell me what's... I wish they would you, have lots of jobs. You had so much ownership <laughs> of your life at that age. 
What has it been like raising kids? Do you put that pressure on them no. to do the same thing? Or you don't it's even... really opposite, to be honest with you. So Lyric, my oldest son, is about to go off to Arizona State University mm-hmm. in just about six weeks. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to put myself in a position that I'm, you know, covering his tuition and everything. So he does have a job. And... You know, it's basically just spending money for him, but he doesn't really have the, I don't know, I've just made it really easy for them, maybe Mm -hmm. because I worked so hard, and it wasn't, my parents didn't ever pressure me to do any of the things, they never even asked me to, and they probably didn't even understand why I was doing it. But um, and but then they my, didn't say stop, though. They didn't say stop. <laughs> and I have a younger brother and sister, and they had jobs, I think. But it was we we're just very different. Mm-hmm. You and your siblings, you mean? Mm-hmm. Are you, you and your kids? My kids and I are, I don't know, we have a lot of similarities. Yeah. Just as I was talking off camera with Lane, my younger one, he's very entrepreneurial. Yeah, and driven. And yeah, real driven. Lyric is more traditional as a student like I was, mm-hmm. um, because I still did the traditional, you know, college, university track. So, and that's what Lyric's doing. So, we're, we have a lot of things in common, um, but my brother and sister, we're not that far apart, but although we didn't choose the same paths throughout, like, our high school years and university and jobs and things like that, uh, we're all three now entrepreneurs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, tell tell us what what do they do? They, they both graduated from Guthrie as well. They both graduated from Guthrie as well. So Allison, I need to have them on the show. Yeah, you yeah, totally yeah. can. Allison has uh, her own oh, yeah. boutique bakery, yep. making high that. end wedding cakes and desserts. And uh, she's been doing that how long now? Gosh, at least fifteen years. I was about to say a good minute. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At least That's fifteen. Cool. And then my brother, Kyle, uh, he has done a couple different things, but. Uh, he started his own online fitness uh, training program with somebody's help, <laughs> mine. And then, uh, and then he. So are you still getting? Like, are you getting the cut from this or what? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> did you charge your brother full price? For I your did services? not charge him money for it. No, but it took off, and it was just during COVID, so yeah. it was perfect for him to take that leap. Um, and then he and his wife, uh, my sister-in-law, who's really a sister, I've, she's been around since I was probably, uh, well, they were 14 or 15 when they got together. Oh, my goodness. So, so she's from Guthrie, too. She's from Edmond. Oh, she's from Edmond. Okay. Yeah, but uh, they've been together. They were high school I sweethearts. Assumed, I assumed. I just I know, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but they own a restaurant downtown Oklahoma City. So How long have they had that? Well, Sabra has been um, in charge of it for, gosh, at least... I'll say 10 years. I don't think I knew this. What's yeah. the name of it? Deep Deuce Bar and Grill. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they're working down there quite a bit, um, especially since after COVID, things changed in the marketplace yeah. and the climate of employees and service are is completely different now. So they put a lot of time and effort into that restaurant, mm-hmm. but it's a great spot. That's so cool. So let, let's not talk about restaurants and get okay. to America just yet, but let's, let's go back to teachers uh, yeah. at school. Name drop some teachers that you remember and, and maybe something you remember. You talked about Coach Crooks. Yeah. So any other teachers? You can go all the way back to, well, you missed Banner. You can go all the way back to Central if you want to. Any teachers that you can name drop and remember? Oh, yeah, I have several. So one came to mind. Um, she's been in top of my mind and in my heart for, you know, the last two weeks. 
uh, but she wrote happy birthday to me on Facebook. And um, I replied to her, and to this day, I can only call her Mrs. Tartar. <laughs> Everybody else I know calls her Cheryl now. Like, they're, we're all grown up. We're all grown we're here. All, we're like pushing 50. <laughs> we're pushing 50, right? And uh, But she will always be Mrs. Tartar to me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I started having her as a teacher in sixth or seventh grade uh, as a music, you know, vocal teacher. And I had her all through six for six years. Yeah. So she was very uh, important to me and still is. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever we were at Hoboken one time, yep. uh, we walked in and she was there. And so that was a neat surprise. Yeah, her and Coach Trotter, right? Yeah, they're they both, both there. there. Yeah. So uh, she's one that definitely uh, stands out just because I can't call her like her real name. Um, obviously, my dad, even though I never had him as a teacher. I was about to say, did you even have your dad? No. No, but I was now. A, did you not a, have him? Because everybody had to have. He had. What is it? Was he physical science or biology? He did both. He's physical. Okay. But I had Mr. Rice. Okay. Okay. Got you. Yeah, that yeah. was exciting. Um, who else really stands out? Mrs. Crooks. She was like an amazing geometry teacher. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know. We had projectors, right? And she wrote yes. on this like. Visa, I always like love the teachers things. that could write really well and use those things. I just I just remember every day we'd come in our class and she'd be sitting at the front with this projector on mm-hmm. and she'd be writing out all these theorems and things and I was like, wow, she was really good at it. Yeah, I remember that. Any elementary teachers? Uh, Mrs. Kadavy. No, that was junior that high. That's junior high. Yeah, yeah. English. She stands. Did we out. have English together? Maybe. Maybe. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. That was long. Uh, Mrs. Berryman. Oh, Miss Barry. Uh, in the home ec in the yeah. basement. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. She yeah. was oh, she was a really nice lady. Yeah. <laughs> she got a lot of uh, a lot of flack from us young kids. <laughs> <laughs> she just handled it. Now did you ever get a SWAT? <laughs> like are you? Yes, once. Did you really? By who? Miss Calhoun. Oh, I remember Miss Calhoun. Wow. I don't even remember why. You don't remember why no. you got one SWAT and you don't remember why this person took took the swatting to you. I don't you. remember. No, and you that was something. in the eighties. I didn't even yeah. know you were allowed to do that. What SWAT? Mm-hmm. Well, I never had it before, so. I think your dad was known to give out some. He ma- probably did. Yeah, some major SWATs. So elementary, one, uh, Mrs. Gatewood. I remember Skate her from Cotterill. Hmm. And. I still remember Mr. Hamilton. He was our music teacher in Cotterill, and we learned oh, songs yeah, that him. spelling out like Guthrie or yeah. uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, I remember doing a lot of that. So I don't know. I just had fun. Yeah, a lot of great people. Yeah, no, and schools are just a big part of growing up, and mm-hmm. you know it's always good to kind of reflect back on some of the teachers and and different ones that stand out to you. Yeah. Now, we always go back to this uh, downtown Guthrie. Let's go back to the downtown. And when you were in school, name drop some places that you remember hanging out or did your cruising division. You got any good stories from oh. your time of cruising division? Because you know they don't cruise anymore. Right? They don't? No. No, my son would be like, what? Cruise down? Cruise. No. Yeah. We loved it. <laughs> Gas was cheaper. Gas was much cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I had five jobs, yeah. so. <laughs> you had plenty of money to cruise yeah, at a to... dollar a gallon. Yeah. Funny story. My dad had this old Mustang, uh, like 
I don't know, he was like piecing it together and it was super loud, like a hot rod. And I was 14 or 15 when I started driving that car and I would cruise up and down. Get out of here. <laughs> I would. Really? Yeah. Your dad was cool. I mean, yeah, they were all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just knew him as a teacher, but I know he's letting his fourteen-year-old daughter cruise downtown Guthrie. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he'll watch this or listen? No, he won't. Okay. If he did, though, it, it's was, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I got pulled over once. Nobody's gonna go do anything. Mm -mm. Yeah. I got pulled over once. Did you in really? That car. Do you remember who the cop was that pulled? No, you but I remember what I was doing. It was daytime, and I was going over to my friend Michelle Decker's house. Okay. And which was not that far from where I lived. And I Give got, us some vicinity. Give some, drop some streets. Okay, so Sooner Road okay. is where I grew up. Uh huh. So out south of town, lake, um, near the lake. Okay. Yeah. Michelle Decker lived on. Um, gosh, I don't know what that road is. There's like an old school there on the corner. Um, if, is it Prairie Grove? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know where you're talking yep. about. There's yeah. There's a big house on this side, and then there's the school like old school or something. Yeah, no. And then she lived down that road. So it was not that far. Yeah. Um, and you know why I got pulled over? <laughs> I have no clue. The tag was expired. Oh, no. Not the tag expired. And they and came to my window. And back then, it was window. a really big deal to have an expired tag. Yeah. Do they still pull people over for expired? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think so. But um, it wasn't my fault. Whose fault was it? It was my dad's because <laughs> I don't buy tags. I can't even, I'm not even supposed to be driving a car. I was about to say, you weren't even supposed to be driving. <laughs> so did so your dad know about this? So he asked for my license. This? Yeah, they, I think they had to call him. And I think he may have had to come get me. I don't oh, remember. Wow. I don't okay. remember if they let me go or not. Yeah. But I do remember do getting that. pulled over. They probably let you But go. yeah, we would drag uh, as, as, as high school kids, like with licenses, uh, <laughs> we would drive through the like the little route of down division yeah down oklahoma yeah around the temple mm -hmm. will we go around the temple or will we we have to turn well, around somewhere to, yeah yeah we'll say go around the temple somebody can tell us if we're wrong yeah we i don't know if we just went through the little cul-de-sac of the temple or we went all the way oh, around the no temple. i think you're right you probably went through the cul-de-sac of the temple yeah and then we'd come back down go back down division circle through some sonic and then go all the way down and circle through the McDonald's. Yeah. But along the way, remember, you have the Sonic hangar outers. Mm -hmm. You have the Walmart parking lot hangar outers. Yep. And then you have the McDonald's parking lot yep. hangar outers. You did. So, and then I'm and sure there were so a couple you just, others. You would make, well, yeah. at some point, Taco Mile became a hangout spot. Yeah, that was one. Uh, and then Kevin Weir's dad's yes, carpet place. that's what I was about to say. Across this, the street was That one. was a hangout place as well. Was Pizza Hut a hangout? Mm, no. No. But that was that. kind of the thing. So you would drive around and see where you wanted to go and, you know, yep. hang Stop out. Stop and hang yep. out. Now, did, was the, one of the parking lots, that, like um, Division and Harrison, was that parking lot? Did people hang out in that parking lot right there? No, I don't remember I'm dreaming. that. I'm making that up. Yeah. But, yeah, no, no, that was the hangout. Yeah. Now, did you go to Daylight Donuts in, in the mornings before school? Were you Not that a kind lot. of person? Okay. I wasn't really allowed to, like, leave school, like, my parents, my mom and dad just didn't really want us to leave campus. Yeah. It wasn't a thing yeah. for us. Um, but once in a while, yes, I would go in the mornings. And then after school, we'd walk down to the Victor Mall. And there mm -hmm. was an ice cream and candy store in the basement. Yeah. 
and I don't remember what it was called now, but uh, we'd go down there. And I remember I just felt so grown up because we were just walking from school to this shop. And what, what were we, like 12 or yeah, 13? Yeah. And so felt really independent to be able to do that. And uh, I remember <laughs> some of the guys, they would always get, the, they had these cinnamon toothpicks down there. And they loved those things. I don't know why. I never, I never got them, but the boys always did. It was and a big deal. Yeah, it was uh-huh. a big deal. Like they were toothpicks dipped in that cinnamon, that hot cinnamon yeah. oil. Yeah. Did they do it on the spot? I don't know. I don't know. But I remember they also would get the fire atomic fireballs. Balls, yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess it was too. like a macho thing to see who could have the most hot things. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> That's we the would reason. Just get, just I remember they had all this assortment of gummies. Like, all these different, like, gummy things. And so, that's what we would get. I remember back then, the prices seemed so high. Really? To yeah. To me, like, some of that stuff would just seem to be so expensive. But now, when you go to, uh, like, Rich or some of these, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. It's not, like, it's for real. Especially chocolate. Chocolate yeah. is super expensive. But well, we used to walk to, we called the Mini Mart, right down from my house. Um and I know that we could take just some change. Oh yeah, and come get out. a bunch, a whole mm-hmm. paper bag full of candy. Yeah, you Jolly Ranchers and bubble gum and whatever. Yeah. And now, no. No, you it's don't do different. Any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of that happens. Um, let's fast forward. Let's 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 come to current life. You know, we talked about you now living, Edmund. Talk about what you do now. You once were a teacher. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk to a little bit about that transition and kind of leaving out of Guthrie American and what life's been like for you. Well, you know, I went to school uh, to become a teacher. Um, my dad, when I told him that I had finally just decided to do that, he said, haven't I taught you anything? <laughs> like, he did not want me to do that. Um, but, you know, I moved to Tulsa after school, after college, and started working at Tulsa Union and taught school, got my master's degree uh, in higher ed administration, thinking uh, that I hadn't had Lyric yet, but I was already thinking that whenever I have children, I will get a degree that I can work at the university where they'll go, and so we'll just be together everywhere, right? And their you're school gonna, would be paid for. You're just going to make these transitions yeah. as they so make their transitions. I yeah. got it in higher ed administration thinking I'd go be a dean of students or something like that. Um, and then I started having my kids and priorities changed dramatically for me with that. And after 12 years of teaching and coaching tennis, I decided that's just not what I wanted to do anymore. So, uh, in 2011, I resigned from that, finished out my contract. Were you still at Tulsa Union? No, I was in Edmond at the time and I was teaching at a private school. So, uh, from there I had no plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, the education was all I'd ever known my whole life. Think yeah. about it. You go through elementary, all the schools, university, and then I was a teacher. So that was it. And my life was divided into semesters and summer breaks. Um, so when I stopped teaching, all I knew is that I just needed to replace $500 a week because I was not making much, mm-hmm. uh, even with all the experience and the degrees and everything. So I just got busy and started doing some social media work for some local businesses. Um, I was really good at Facebook and uh, Instagram was not there yet. Twitter had just started. Um, So 
I started studying a lot and teaching myself things about digital marketing, which was really pretty new back in 2011, 2012, um, and just really fully immersed and just kept saying yes to things. So we get told a lot to guard your energy and don't say yes to all the stuff or whatever, but there are certain times where I think it's important for you to go ahead and start saying yes. Yeah. Um, now I'm at a, a really great point where I get to say no, and I can. But at that early part, I had to say yes mm. because I didn't know what I was doing, first of all, and I didn't know what was next. So I just kept saying yes to things. And from there, I was that's where I was able to grow uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, find really great mentors, go to really great conferences, and just continue to learn and help people. And that's what it all boils down to, whether I'm a teacher, whether I'm doing what I do now, which I do a lot of consulting for businesses. Um, I do speaking engagements, you know, different things, but it all boils down to wanting to help people yeah. and have as much of an impact as possible. And while I had an impact as a teacher in the classroom, um, now being kind of on this global scale, if you will, it's exponential. And the more people that I help, uh, then that means that they're able to help more people and it's just a big snowball. Yeah. So. Give, give us uh, an example of somebody that you may help today in, in the line of work that you do. So I have a couple of different legs of how I help people. So I launched a software uh, that is very affordable and has a lot of support and training for small businesses to be able to begin to market their businesses online uh, without having to, you know, take out loans or figure out how they're going to pay their bills and pay for their marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So I uh, started that. So that's really for a, a person starting out, a small business that really knows that they want to ramp up and, you know, start getting more traction. Um, and that's, you know, it's less than $100 a month. It's so affordable for almost anybody. Um, but that's kind of like my passion project, but my, uh, my favorite thing I do is really help seven and eight figure businesses, uh, just grow exponentially. So where I come in, I call it more of like a remote CMO. So I come in and just really get a big vision for their business, working with the CEO usually, um, and then taking taking control of their marketing campaigns and helping them grow. So one of the businesses I work with, we did almost a million dollars on Black Friday last year. Wow. So um, that's what I really love is helping those types of businesses get really dialed in with how they're spending their time and their money uh, and their resources so they can, you know, serve more people. Everyone that I help, they serve people in some way. Yeah. And so that's been really rewarding to go in and help out these uh, these larger companies. So that's really cool. Love to hear that. I'm thinking about like going back together, America, small business. Maybe somebody's listening today that are, are listening to this this episode. What's one right thing that you think uh, a tip or something like that that you like? Hey, if they did this consistently it may make a difference in their business. Like, is there a free tip you can give us? Well, I think you already said it just now. You said consistently. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you decide to do, you just have to go in with consistency. Yeah. So whether you decide you're going to go uh, and try out TikTok 
for your business. Uh, you can't just go and make a couple videos and then go, eh, it didn't really work. Yeah. You got to commit yeah. and you got to go in consistently and give yourself a good amount of time, you know, 90 to uh, 90 days to six months at least, I would commit to something to see if it takes off and if it's something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's a social media, not necessarily just TikTok, maybe it's LinkedIn for you or Facebook, whatever, uh, you got to commit and do it with consistency. And that means every day. It yeah. doesn't mean like I'm going to post once a week yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, and then being able to build an email list is crucial for small businesses because whether you have social media or not, you don't own that platform. And if, I mean, if you are familiar with Facebook or other social media platforms, you may know that they will kick you off for all kinds of reasons and they do not care. (laughs) So always changing and they'll always change. And so if you can own your audience, own your traffic source, uh, which is your emails, uh, for your customer base and even prospects, that is really, really important. Is there another one that, when you think about email, is there another one like that that uh, people may not think about, like something that you can on a website? Yeah, you should definitely have some online presence. Um, Think about if you're out shopping for something, whether you're shopping for a place to go eat dinner or you're shopping for anything, you're going to Google it and you're going to judge and make a decision based on the online presence Mm -hmm. of that business. Mm -hmm. So that's why reviews are so important. Um, Whether they're fake or whatever, we're going to go with the one that has the most five stars and, you know, the highest number of reviews versus the one that has like two or three. So being able to have that online presence just for the searchability uh, is really, really important. That's good. That's good. So you live in Edmond. I know you got a little country to you where yeah. you like to get away. Talk about your little place. Like, why do you get away? What does that look like for you? So back in 2017, I met my almost husband, <laughs> Roger. Uh, and uh, he lit, has a ranch in Pawnee, which I didn't know where that was. Yeah. Did you know where that was before I told you where it no, was? Well, no. yes, before because I ran for office. Oh. And they were in my, my district. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pawnee. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Before I didn't that, know no. where it was. Yeah. Stillwater would be about as far that way uh, <laughs> that yeah. I had gone. Um, but, you know, especially when COVID happened, uh, it became a retreat for us mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, you know, that was a weird time when we didn't know what was going on and we didn't know how dangerous things were or whatever. So being out on our, you know, 50 something acres away from most people and just doing our own thing. It was like the world was still like nothing had really changed and we were just doing our own thing. And so it was really, really lovely. And now we just, it's become more of a way of life for us now. We prefer to be out, you know, in our little slice of the country than being in the city. And I'm lucky here in Edmond where I live, uh, you know, we have almost an acre also. So not like squished in with a lot of people, but, uh, yeah, we love it out there. We, you know, we don't have a lot of animals or anything because we like to travel quite a bit, but yeah, Yeah. we, we don't want to have to worry about all of that, but, um, it is really nice to have, there's a lot of wildlife, so we don't really need our own. We can just watch, watch out the back window. Um, 
That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Tell me when you hear Choose Guthrie, what does that mean to you? Oh, well, Choose Guthrie. I think what it means to me is that if you have a choice to spend your money somewhere, then choose to spend it, I think, especially if you live here, Yeah. Uh, choose to spend it where you grow. So, you know, if you're looking at somewhere to go eat dinner, choose a spot that's going to benefit your community yeah. rather than driving, you know, far away and doing that. Whenever you choose Guthrie or whenever you choose your own hometown, whether it is Guthrie or not, mm-hmm. you are contributing to that community rather than leaving and taking your money elsewhere. Uh, you're supporting the people that work there, you know, and securing that they have jobs to then support their families, which, you know, then they send their kids to the schools. And it's just, it's just how you keep the, the whole system running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good, so good. Well, Amanda, thank you for your time and your willingness to let your story be told Thanks. through this conversation. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for hitting that play button. Go subscribe to the YouTube or the podcast, your favorite uh, podcast app. And uh, remember, we want to have every story told. Will yours be next?